This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. We're going to jump into this new series. I've been excited about this. It's called Blessed, and we're going to hop into that today, and I really think you guys are going to get something out of it. We're going to be here for about a month. I want to encourage you to be here for it, but how many of y'all want to be blessed in your life? Come on now. And can I go ahead and just tell you, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be blessed. The enemy's going to try to tell you, no, that's just all about you, you know, just getting stuff. No, 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 no. There, there's a lot more to blessings than just stuff, right? Enemy's going to try to tell you that you're being selfish whenever you say you want to be blessed. But I want to live an overcoming life. I want to let, live a life that's blessed. And I want to tell you, there's a couple of things you got to do if you want to live an overcoming life and a life that's blessed. You got to have faith in the Lord, of course. And then there's got to be obedience to the Word of God. Uh, how many of y'all have children? How many of you reward your children whenever they do opposite of what you tell them to do? No. Whenever they're obedient, then they see blessings come in their life, right? And so if we want to live that overcoming life, and let me tell you, as a believer, you should not always be in the defensive, but you should live an overcoming life. If you want to live that, if you want to be blessed, then obedience is the key there. Now, disclaimer this morning, as we are getting started in this series, and I want you to understand this and remember it for the next month, blessings are not just about finances. I'm going to say it again. Blessings are not just about finances. How many of you know that we can be blessed as it comes to our family, whenever it comes to our children? We can be blessed to have a job that we actually love to go to every morning. Y'all, that's a blessing in our life. We can be blessed with talents. We can be blessed with good health. Come on. There's so much more blessing that God has for us, and it's not always just about money. And so this is not a money teaching today by any means. There's so many areas that we can be blessed in. And I want you to also understand this is that a Christian's income, their bank account balance, it could never be used as a gauge to measure God's blessings in their life. I'm going to say it again. Their bank account, their income level could never measure the blessings of God in their life. Because I'm going to go ahead and just mention this to you, that there are Christian people out there, they call themselves Christians, who are loaded financially, but their life is in shambles in a lot of different areas. They may be blessed in an area or with a skill or something like that, and it's blessed them financially, and that's just one area of their life where they've seen increase, but it could be that their marriage is on the rocks. It could be that their children aren't living for God. It could be that their health isn't good. I want you to know it's not just about finances. Somebody say amen today. It's not just about finances. As we sang just a little while ago, Philippians 4.19 says that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. Amen. Our God wants to supply our needs. And once again, it's not just a financial thing. It's, it's every area of our life. And I want to live a life that's blessed, and I want my family to as well. Yeah, how many of y'all want that for your family? And I want to go ahead and just mention to you, in case you're already starting to get a little uncomfortable with this teaching, because can I just tell you, I know that there have been some pastors out there, and all they teach is just bless, 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 bless. And I want you to know there's a lot more to the Word of God than just this subject right here. 
But if you're getting a little uncomfortable, I just want to uh, just ask you, just, just bear with me, okay? And I want to also encourage you to really be here for this because I am 100%, 100% sure that if you apply what the Word of God says in this whole series, we're talking about nothing but what the Word of God says and not Gene's opinion. If you apply what the Word of God says, it's going to turn your life around. And there's a lot of people in this church, they've already applied this, and it's already turned their life around. Amen? So we're going to start Matthew 7 today, and we're going to move around a good bit. We're actually going to land in Deuteronomy for the most part, but we're going to start Matthew 7, and we're going to look at a little bit of Scripture real quick. It starts out like this in verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, in looking at this scripture right here, uh, just a quick question that I want us to think about. Uh, does anybody see anything about money in this scripture? The subject matter here is judging. The subject matter is all about, listen, if you don't judge, then you won't be judged, right? Now, can we just stay on that verse for a second? And I want us to, to read the first highlighted part together. Can we all do that? So let's all say it together. Ready? Judge not that you be not judged. One more time. Judge not that you be not judged. The second highlighted part says, and let's all say it together, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now flip to Luke 6 real quick. This is verse 37 and 38 that we're looking at. And just to let you know, this is the parallel passage that we just looked at. Uh, in case you didn't know, whenever you look at the Gospels, there's going to be different subject matters, different stories that you read in each Gospel from time to time. Sometimes they're in all four. Sometimes they're maybe just in a couple. But look at Luke 6, 37 and 38. It starts out like this. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, the beginning and the end of that verse looks real familiar to what we just read, right? Now, in Luke's gospel, there's actually a little bit right there in the middle part that we didn't see in Matthew's gospel and whenever we reread this, even this version right here, I'm going to ask you again, do you see anything about money in the scripture? In my opinion, there's no referencing money in the scripture. I don't think there is. A lot of times we see the word give there in verse 38. And how many of you just think about money whenever you hear the word give? How many of y'all get hit up a lot to give? <laughs> right? You know, there, there's events going on around your house, or what about the kids bring some kind of slip of paper home and it, they need you to give towards something? Uh, there's a charity that hits you up to give a donation or something like that. I think too many times we look at the word give and we automatically tie it to money, but uh, in this scripture right here, it's talking actually about condemnation, it's talking about judgment, it's talking about unforgiveness is what it's talking about. I want you to know this. The Bible talks about giving throughout, from cover to cover, givings in the Bible. And a lot of the times, it has nothing to do with money. As a matter of fact, the greatest scripture about giving is, I don't know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he did what? 
And what did he give us? Uh, uh, money? Is that what he gave us? For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only son. Whenever you look in the scripture, you'll see that God gives us grace. God gives us mercy. Aren't you glad for the joy that he gives you? Aren't you glad for the gifts that he gives you that's available to us whenever we read in the New Testament as well? Much scripture is about giving, but a lot of the times it's not about giving money. And so whenever you look at this scripture right here, I honestly don't think that it's talking about giving finances whatsoever. I don't think he was talking about judgment and condemnation, talking about unforgiveness, and then all of a sudden slid that in. But whenever you look at the back part of it, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Giving applies to every area of our life, and y'all, it's connected to our heart. I want you to understand that. And a lot of times people, I've heard people say, well, you know, churches are just about they're just all about being after people's money. I'm going to go ahead and just tell you this real quick. The churches aren't about being after your money. God's about being after your money. That confused some of you. The reason is this. If he can get to your wallet, he can get to your heart. He can get to your heart because Matthew 6, 21 says where your treasure is. What? There your heart is also. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Your heart follows your treasure, as a matter of fact. Uh, has anybody ever invested in anything? Remember a few years ago, the whole crypto coin bit stuff came out. I knew nothing about it, but I put a little bit of money into it. And you know what I did? I checked it constantly. Why? Because that's where my treasure was. Where we tend to put our money a lot of times, our heart will follow. As a matter of fact, you know how often I checked it before I ever put any money there? Never. And there are some folks that unfortunately, where they put their money, their investments and stuff, they check it and they're more in touch with what's going on with it than they are with what's going on with their relationship with the Lord. They're checking in on that stock. They're checking in on that investment more than they're praying, more than they're reading the word of God. And it says here, where your treasure is, your heart is also... If you want to have a heart for the kingdom, put your treasure there, amen? amen? Because that's where it's going to be. It's a heart issue. So Jesus, in these scriptures, in Matthew and Luke, he was talking about judgment, condemnation. He was talking about unforgiveness. He was saying, don't judge or condemn, or you're going to receive the same thing. And if you forgive, you're going to be forgiven. And then he says here in Luke that we just read, he says, then give. So listen to me. So if you give judgment, judgment's going to be given back to you. Now, somebody's probably never heard anybody quote this, like, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will judgment be given back to you, <laughs> right? That's a different twist of the verse. But I think that's truly what he's saying there. If you judge, if you condemn, then it's going to be coming right back to you. Everybody see that? Are you guys right now thinking I'm a heretic? Which one is it? We're all reading the same scripture? But here's the thing, you can apply this to other areas because of the laws of sowing and reaping. Uh, if you sow a seed, how many of you know you don't just get back one seed? 
Like if you've ever had a garden or if you planted some fruit trees or something like that, you, you don't just sow one and just get back one. If you sow, you normally get like a tree that'll produce more or you get back something that has multiple seeds in it. And that's the way God works. Whenever we give, we always get back more. So here's, here's the thing today. Here's what I want you to get just for a minute. It's important that we sow good things, that we give good things so that we're receiving good things. Don't be sowing and giving bad things because according to Luke here, that's what we're going to receive back. Does that make sense? So whatever we give, we just got to think about that. We need to give good things. And if you're always negative, you are raising probably some negative Nancys. It's just the truth because that's probably what they've heard come out of your mouth. And how many of you know, they're just going to do exactly what they're seeing you do. And we may not understand it. Why are my kids so negative? Because that's what we've sown. It happens. The Bible says give, and it's going to be given to you. So whatever you're giving out in your house, that's what's going to be given back to you. So a question for you today, how, how do we develop a heart of generosity? Because once again, giving is all about the heart. And we're going to go to Deuteronomy 15. So if you will, go ahead and flip there today. And, and God tells us four things to do in Deuteronomy. And we're going to see this, but it's all about the heart today. I'm going to kind of start this scripture out today. Let me start in verse 7, and then we're going to hop into our first point. Uh, Deuteronomy 15, 7. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, notice he's giving you because he's a giving God, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly Lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Whatever he needs. Now we're about to jump into verse 9. But the first thing I want you to get today, if we're going to be, become generous, we must, first of all, deal with a selfish heart. We must deal with a selfish heart. Verse 9, beware lest there be a wicked thought in your heart saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand. And your eye will be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you, and it become sin among you. Now, real quick, the Lord's talking about selfishness here. And notice that he calls selfishness wickedness there at that top line, as well as sin there at that bottom line, doesn't he? And so what he's saying is, is whenever someone comes to you, whenever they're in need, and whenever they ask you for some assistance, he's saying, don't just shut them down. Give to them. But then do y'all see that about the whole seventh year? Y'all see that? What we were talking about there. In case you're not familiar with this, uh, God had set up an economic system. This is what he had implemented. And all debts were canceled every seven years. How many of y'all would like to let's just have that reapplied? Anybody else? Like I, I could get down with that. Here's what he was saying. He was saying, listen, if somebody comes to you and if they're in need, don't be thinking about the fact that you may not get back what you loaned them. What he was saying was, trust me. Trust the Lord is what he was saying. And he was saying, listen, if you won't give to them because you're thinking, I'm not going to get it back, that's technically wickedness and that's technically sin. And what he was trying to teach them was, listen, I'm going to supply all your needs and it's all going to be taken care of, but be just like me is what the Lord is saying. Be just like him and be a generous person. Amen. Don't even be thinking about whether or not I'm ever going to get it back. So we've got to deal with 
a selfish heart. He wants us to be generous like him. I want you to understand that God created giving, uh, but it's not because he needs our money. Our God doesn't need anything. He's got everything he needs. He created giving actually for our sake and not his. Let me tell you what giving does is it works selfishness and it works greed out of our life. Come on now. Whenever you can begin to trust him and whenever you can begin to give and be generous, then all of a sudden selfishness and greed just starts to leave your life because you truly realize that he is your source. And so you think to yourself, well, I feel like I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to do this. Well, listen, if that's him telling you this, it's, it's because, listen, Jean, Regina, you can give this and you don't have to worry because I've got you covered and I'm going to take care of you. And so what it does is, is rather than me wanting to hoard it, rather than me wanting to make sure that, that I've got enough in my bank account, it makes me just put all my trust in him. And y'all, isn't that the place where we're all supposed to be in our lives? Come on now. But it actually works greed out of our lives. And unfortunately, I think a lot of teaching out there these days as it relates to giving and finance, it's all about give to get. It's almost like they've turned the gospel into an investment plan, like a guaranteed return system. Here's what I do know. If you apply the principles of giving to your life, God is not a liar, amen? And he's going to do what he said, and he's going to bless you. But we need to make real sure that the way we're looking at this is not like, well, here's this money, where's my return? This whole give to get thing, it actually creates greed. And it'll create selfishness if we don't watch it because we're given with the wrong heart. And we got to be real careful about that. I don't think God wants us to give with that mindset. So I like the idea of giving so that I can give more. Come on now. The more we give, God will just bless and just allows us to just give more and just touch more lives. I like that idea. What about y'all? All right. Number two thing today is deal with a grieving heart. Deal with a grieving heart. Verse 10 of Deuteronomy 15, you shall surely give to him and your heart should not be grieved whenever you give to him because for this thing, okay, what for this thing means is for you giving with the right heart for this thing, the Lord, your God will bless you in all your works and in all which you put your hand to how many of y'all want that in your life? He'll bless you. Listen, if we learn to give to God with the right heart, he's going to bless us in all we do. Listen, I need favor in multiple areas of my life. And it's not always just financial. Anybody understand that? As a matter of fact, I was talking to our team before the service whenever we were praying. And I would rather not have as much money if I've got like favor in every area of my life. Come on now. Because money can only do so much for you. Right? Right? But the favor of God, the blessings of God, it'll take you, it'll just keep on taking you on and on and on and take care of every area of your life. But yeah, we need to make sure that, that we're given with the right heart, that we're given with the right heart. We need to deal with a grieving heart. Have you ever noticed that before you ever give, a lot of times we deal with selfishness? So you feel like the Lord's saying you need to do this, and you're like, Ugh, this is, this is going to hurt. 
or man, I really need to hang on to this. And so if you finally deal with your selfish heart and you do what the Lord says and you give, then what you tend to do is something happens and then you're grieving about it. Anybody ever been obedient to the Lord and you did what you were supposed to do and then something happens and you think to yourself, I shouldn't have given that money. And all of a sudden you're grieving. Sometimes that's happened to me before. Like, okay, Lord, I was obedient. And what it is, is it's the enemy talking to me saying, Gene, that was a mistake you just made right there. And so on the inside, I'm grieving just a little bit. But once again, he's going to take care of me, right? I grieved a little bit the other day. Um, I sold a lawnmower and uh, I was delivering it. And my trailer jumped off my Tahoe on 49, running 75. That's not ideal, just so you know. And so then it slams into the back of my Tahoe, and it cost me $1,150 to get my Tahoe fixed. I was grieved because, because the, I, I, I had not sold the lawnmower for much more than that. And then it's just like, well, all this is just down the toilet. And so as I'm paying John Rankin, who I'm pretty sure overcharged me, not at all, not at all. He, he took care of me in a hurry, as a matter of fact. But, you know, as I paid him, you know what the Lord told me? You got enough because of me to pay for this. I remember Miss uh, Linda Curley years ago telling me this. It was tax time. And how many of y'all, you get your tax bill a lot of times and it hurts. And I remember you saying this, and I remember it, and it's probably 20 years ago. She said, you know, I got a tax bill. She said, I was upset about it. Then the Lord reminded me, you've got the money that I've given you to pay for it. Come on now. But sometimes we grieve. We, we're selfish and we don't want to give. Then we give and then something happens. And, and you grieve. But y'all listen, he's our supplier. He's going to take care of us. He's our source. Amen. As a matter of fact, the reason that we grieve whenever we give is because we briefly think that it's ours. But, but understand, Psalms 24.1 says right the opposite. It says the earth is the Lord's and everything. Somebody say everything. Yes. Everything in it. It's all his. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Every dime that you have, it's because of his grace. Come on now. You may say, I work really hard. As I say on a regular basis, you can't get out of bed without his grace in your life every morning to go to work, to be able to earn that income. So we've got to come to a place to where we realize that everything we have comes back or comes from him. And whenever we give back to God what's already his, we're not going to actually grieve over it because we're realizing, Lord, I'm just giving you what you've given me. I'm just giving back to you. So number two, deal with a grieving heart. Number three is develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. We're continuing on in, verse, or in chapter 15 of Deuteronomy. Verse 14, you shall supply him liberally. So you shall bless this person we were talking about from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, from what the Lord your God has blessed you with. Who provides it? The Lord. You shall give to him. I want you to understand this. God wants us to be generous. Just like he is. He's generous. He wants us to be generous. You want your children to be generous, right? But we were born selfish, we were born again generous, and we've just got to renew our minds. And I, th I, I honestly think that everybody in here wants to be known as being generous. 
Is there anybody who's dead set against being generous? Anybody in here? Because we're going to pray for you if so. But I think we would all like to, to be generous. I was talking to somebody the other day and, and was just talking about there's this, you know, some, some different people in our life. I'm like, man, they're just the most generous people. They're just always wanting to bless other people and, and God's blessed them as a result. I think we all want to be that way. We just want to be able to be generous and known for generosity and be able to bless people and not just be stingy. We don't want to be like a Scrooge, right? I mean, we want to be able to bless people and be generous. You know, I mentioned that we were born selfish just a, a minute ago. Uh, if you've got small kids, you know about selfishness, and you, you get to see it whenever they're small. Has anybody ever heard their kids say, that's mine? Have you ever seen your kids gripe with each other and talk about, you can't touch that because that's mine? And it's funny in our house that the toy that's not been touched for a long time, whenever the other one goes to touch it, all of a sudden this one's really interested in that toy. Like, it's mine. It's like, you haven't played with that since 2020. And all of a sudden, you're concerned about it this moment, right? So we got this, this Target mailer thing out. It's like set for Santa Claus. This is apparently your list. I don't know if any of you guys got this. But, but Audrey's hitting it pretty hard. I mean, she's about wore this thing out. And, and so she even brought it to church with her, and I had to take it away earlier. I mean, this is... Honey, do you have your Bible? No, but I got this. I mean, we need to work on your heart, honey. <laughs> but, you know, so, so you can see, I don't know if you can tell, but, but she's marked out things that she doesn't want. She's marked out boy things, you know, like these Legos. And she's put big check marks on the thing, like this ice cream stand. That's, that's a good one for Audrey, right? Whatever this thing is right here. Uh, but kids are always looking for what's theirs and what they can have. And, and there's a little bit of, you know, selfishness that comes along whenever somebody else plays with their stuff. We're, we're born selfish and we see this with our children. Uh, everything is theirs. But again, the Lord wants us, can I go ahead and just hit you hard? The Lord wants all of us, so I'm talking to me, to mature. The Lord wants us to grow up. In the same way that you've probably had this conversation with your kids, let me tell you who paid for that. You ever had that conversation? <laughs> Maybe we need to reword it. Let me tell you who paid for that with everything the Lord gave us, right? <laughs> Based on our teaching, right? Let's get that straight real quick. But if we've ever had that conversation with them, we may say it to our children, but the Lord, I think a lot of times is wanting to tell us, let me remind you who's blessed you with everything you've got. And in the same way that we want our children to not be selfish, the Lord doesn't want us to be selfish. In the same way that we want them to share, the Lord wants us to be the same way. Amen? That, that's what he wants from us. And so we need to develop a generous heart. We want to bless our kids whenever they do right. The Lord wants to bless us whenever we do right as well. Number four, we need to develop a grateful heart. A grateful heart. Verse 15, you shall remember. Somebody say remember. You shall all remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore I command you, I command you this thing today. One thing that we need to always remember just thinking about God and his goodness and thinking about what all he's done for us is we need to remember what he's done for us. 
we need to remember where we were and where he's brought us to. I know in this room, there's a lot of different stories. We've got stories of, of people that have been in church from the moment they were born. And, and honestly, that's kind of my family. I, I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home. Parents had a great marriage. Parents raised us the way that I'm trying to raise my kids. But that's not everybody's story. I'm grateful for it, but it's not everybody's story. Some of you maybe came up in homes that were way dysfunctional and nobody knew the Lord in your home. And then there's probably a lot of stories in between. There's stories of struggles that you've dealt with in the past. There's stories of addiction in your life. There's stories of just all kind of stuff. But God. But God turned things around for you. And you've gotten on the right path. We're told here in the scripture that we just looked at, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And he's talking to his children here, and he's saying, remember what I brought you out of. Remember what I brought your people out of and how I redeemed you. And therefore, I command you. I want you to understand here, he is commanding us in the scripture because this is for all of us, all right? He's commanding us to be generous because of what he's done for us and because everything we have comes from him. Amen? He's commanding us. But we need to remember, y'all, that we were slaves. Thank God for redeeming us from what we were involved in in our past. Amen? How many of you are just grateful for where he's brought you from to where he's brought you to? Anybody out there? Amen? Because the truth is, is that we didn't and, would ha and we wouldn't have anything if it weren't for him. You know, I, I think the most generous believers out there, uh, they're those who realize that absolutely in their lives, they would have nothing if it wasn't for God. Amen. And they've caught on to that truth. And as a result, they realize I, I can never, ever outgive God. I could never give enough to even be close to equal to what God gave me. We can never outgive him, amen? I mean, the Lord gives us hope. Y'all, he gives us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us what we need, but most of all, he, he gave us Jesus. How in the world could we ever outgive our God? We couldn't, could we? Stand with me today, if you will. We said just a little while ago, as we read in Philippians 4, our, our God shall supply all of our needs. He can supply our needs. And, and in just a little while, we're going to have some of our leadership come down. And if you need prayer, we, we want to pray with you. Um, just as a disclaimer, again, this is not a prayer about just your financial situation. Although, if you've got something going on, we want to stand with you. But if you need prayer about anything, we're, we're here today to pray for you. And I think probably most of us need prayer in this room because we've got a battle that maybe we're facing. But based on what we've talked about today, talking about how we can have a selfish heart, how we can have a grieving heart, looking at how generous our God is, I just want to ask you just for a minute, what, what's the Holy Spirit, what's he trying to tell you today? Is there anything that he's trying to do on the inside of you? And as a reminder, we, we can never ever out give him. I truly believe that we all want to be generous, as I said earlier, but 
we've got to get to the place of just putting all of our trust in him. Lord, we, we acknowledge that it all comes from you. Lord, we acknowledge that without you, we'd have nothing. Lord, we acknowledge without you, we'd be lost. Let's be honest, without him, we'd be hell-bound as well. But everything we have, it comes from him. Before we go much further, I, I just want to mention to you that I've talked about him giving his son multiple times today. And if you're in this house and you're not 100% sure that you know the Lord, today is the day of salvation. The Lord loves you more than you can ever, ever imagine. You may have had a past, as I was talking about earlier, that's kind of ugly and you're not real proud of it. He's okay with that. As a matter of fact, he sent God sent his son Jesus to take care of that past. And because of what Jesus did on the cross for you, I want you to understand this. We were all born into sin and we all messed up. Whether you've sinned it one time or 10 million times, it puts you out of relationship with God. And we can never ever be good enough to get in right standing with God unless there was a perfect sacrifice. Like I said, one sin is one sin too many. All of a sudden, we're not perfect like our perfect God is. Yeah, Romans 5, 8 says, God showed us how much he loves us. While we were still sinners, when we were still messed up, he sent Jesus and he died for our sins. Romans three twenty three says that all have sinned. All of us have sinned. And we, we fall short of God's glory. Once again, making it to where we need a savior. And today, if you want to receive Jesus into your heart, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to just put a spotlight on you. What we're going to do is we're all just going to pray together today, but I want you to know that he loves you. He loves you. If you feel like you're unlovable, I want you to understand whenever he looks at you, he smiles. The words tells us that it's his desire that all come to know him, that all come to repentance. And so if that's you today, let's all just bow our heads. If you're watching us online, you can join in with us today and pray this prayer. Let's all say, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. And today I turn from my sins. I invite you into my heart. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.